What's up, podcast? Welcome back to Riffing with Clintus, episode 38. And this week, I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. McCarty. What's up, my friend? Hey, yo. What's up, buddy? Thanks How are you for doing? having me. Doing well, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Long time coming. Long time coming. And in fact, I just said off before we started recording, timing was impeccable because <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about content creation, trying multiple things, taking a step back. Yep. And it just so happens that you are making your triumphant return. It's happening. It's happening. Let's talk. Let's, right. let's jump in and talk about that. What? Uh, what? What was the? What gave you the itch to to, to kind of get back into it? Yeah. So I never actually planned on taking a break for so long. Um, but at the point when I stopped, I was doing content creation almost full time. I had another full time job, and then I I lost my dad. Um, you know, he passed away to cancer, and it was just too much, kind of all at the same time. So I needed to I needed a sabbatical and that sabbatical turned into like retirement. <laughs> and then right. uh, I decided to bust the jersey out of the box, come back in hot. I was missing it. I found that I was getting like, you know, creatively stifled and I needed a I needed the right outlet. And so I made sure that like I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going I'm to make the return. It's going to be the right way. So we got the dual PC set up. We're back full fledged. We're ready to go. And so you're 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 coming back to streaming. That's that's your current yes. plan is just to stream Correct. at the moment. Yep. And yeah, uh, we're just we're gonna start light. We're gonna do like just a couple days a week. Um, you know, ease back into it. Just keep a regular schedule. Get back to the flow. Um, you know, no no pressure. Just kind of make it low key. It's gonna be fun. And it's kind of like like the catalyst for this is also because just Destiny is in a really good place, and you've been playing more. It seems like, it, feel, it feels like you you've been on more and playing more video games. Yeah, video game. It's a good time to play video games. I'm excited about it. I mean, we have Destiny 2 that's in probably the best spot it's ever been in. Um, I'm a big Star Wars nut for anybody who knows me. And we've got, um, you know, Jedi Fallen Order comes out this month in November. We've got the new Pokemon game coming out in November. Like, it's a good time to be a gamer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily play those games. But even on my side, Borderlands 3 has been going strong for about a month now. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty Modern mm -hmm. Warfare just came out and I'm really, really oh, enjoying that? that. I'm enjoying it, dude. Like it has that nice. old school Modern Warfare vibe that boots I, on the ground, like Yeah, yeah. Which which granted I I've I enjoyed the last couple of CODs. I didn't love mm -hmm. them. And I yeah. it, you know, I, I like the the faster TTK and the and the wall running, the sliding. Um I yeah, like sure. the specialist classes because it kind of kind of gave that destiny vibe a little bit where you had this kind of like yeah. ability that was charging. Um, and I wonder though, I wonder, and I, I really was thinking about this today, like what it was that I had, that gave me the appeal yet didn't hook me enough to play it long term. And I think yeah. it's because it was similar enough to destiny to me go, Oh, this is nice. I like this, mm -hmm. but not good enough to replace destiny to hook you. Yeah. And I feel yeah, like, I agree with that. yeah. And I, and I feel like this new cod because it's like boots on the ground, old school, Call of Duty, it's more tactical, it's more realistic. It kind of feels more like Rainbow Six Siege. I was going to say that. It's got a very Siege vibe, very uh, classic arena shooter, as opposed to, um, you know, really sci-fi fantasy, power fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, the three studios that have been working on Call of Duty the last few years, you know, they crank out a new one every year. And, <laughs> yep. you know, they, they've been trying new things. You got to give them props. I, I was giving them kudos Absolutely. today on stream that... 
um, you know, once somebody was complaining about the changes they made to this COD, I mean, it's only been out for a couple of days, but just already they're like, oh yeah, there's no quick scoping. There's no, you can't like whip out your, your, uh, your sniper yep. and just scope across this map. What a game's been out for two days and there's already complaints. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but I was like, yeah, but you know what? They have to keep trying new things because they have to innovate. If it's literally the same game yep. year after year, it, it gets old, it gets stagnant. And I feel like that's where mm -hmm. they, they were going. Hence why they jumped from ghosts to, uh, advanced warfare and advanced warfare yeah. was a huge shock you know what i'm saying it was absolutely. like absolutely I, I think that's why it was so i mean i think critically so poorly received is because it was such a departure like you know i think they they knew that they had to try something different they they wanted to kind of get out of the box but i mean i think you could say the same thing about destiny 2 when mm -hmm. destiny 2 first launched it, they changed the the whole system they made it simpler you know they got rid of you know special weapons in your in your you know and you can only have them in your power slot like they made some pretty drastic changes that you know i applauded them for taking even though they kind of realized no maybe they weren't the right ones Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and you don't know until you try. And right, you, you absolutely. Have to, you have to throw something out there and see if it sticks mm -hmm. and uh yep. and take the good feedback. Um hundred percent. So yeah, I'm I'm digging this Call of Duty for sure right now. And um, you know, I was I'm looking forward to Doom Eternal, but that got postponed till next year. So I know. I, I was really bummed about that, but I, I'm a big fan of the postponement of games. I said the same thing when Shadowkeep was postponed. I will say it time and time again. Like I would much rather I will wait to play your game. If you're postponing it because you need more content like oh this isn't playing right it's not polished it's not finished like we're going to postpone it six months great i'll buy it then like i would rather you give me a finished polished game than put something out six minutes sooner just to make bank on it yep exactly i agree 100 and i'm okay yep. with it being postponed because i have too many things right now <laughs> that's also true like i don't have i don't feel like i'm gonna have a game break until at least the first of the year because i've got i've got the plan to do jedi fallen order pivot to pokemon then in december we've got the new movie coming out so i'm gonna have to play fallen order and battlefront 2 again so it's like i'm not gonna have time like there's just not enough time in the week yep exactly exactly mm -hmm. So because of the, 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 the increase in video games, that's kind of what kind of brought you back to the fold because for, yeah. for, for someone, well, someone, I was going to say someone like us, like you enjoy playing video games, but you enjoy the commentary. You enjoy the banter. You almost yeah. like you have to have somebody there with you. At least that's, it is for me. Mm -hmm. And chat has kind of taken that place. And yep, for sure, you know, even though I, I hold, you know, I boast that playing with friends is the best thing you know, for me, chat ends up being like the friend, right? Cause I'm talking, I'm having that yeah, conversation. The 100%, you're time. interacting with your community. You know, it's something that you've built and you've shaped. It's, it's your, you know, virtual child. You've started this out. It was nothing. And you built it into this community that's fostered, you know, friendships and relationships even beyond your own. And I think that's just something to, it makes you want to continue to do it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, mm -hmm. and that's really the, the, how I'm able to sit and, and do it for so long too. Cause people ask me all the time, like, how do you, you know, how do you stream for six hours, eight hours? How do you, how do you play mm -hmm. games for six to eight yeah. hours? And I'm always like, well, I mean, you've never sat and played video games with your friend, uh -huh. you know, on the weekend, like I, like, yeah. or, or, you know, how many, how many, uh, how long have you sat there and binge watched Netflix? You know, oh, like how yeah. many episodes of a TV show have you sat there and watched? Right. Like yep. you can quantify yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, compare apples to apples, so to speak. Mm -hmm on that front. But, um, I feel like streaming definitely uh, helps that and, and allows scratches that itch. Yeah. It allows me to do it much, much, uh, uh for longer. Um, but yeah, I remember, um, I remember when like that, that feeling switched of like, Oh man, it's, it's only been an hour. Like, I feel like I'm just talking to no one. And then I remember like, it was like an overnight switch when it went from, Oh, now it's six hours have gone by and I didn't even realize it because I was talking and having a good time. And it didn't really matter if anybody was actually there or not. Like you just, 
you get used to that conversation and you start talking to people who are there they they exit you get people in and it just it it's a it's an experience and it's a really hard experience to find anywhere else i 100 percent agree 100 percent agree yeah. that's also why um you know i i talked recently uh it had a 13 year anniversary of vlogging and i made a video kind of like you know past present and future and mm -hmm. I, I talked about how i feel like one of the reasons why one of the many reasons why the vlogs have kind of slowly deteriorated is because I, I have fallen in love with streaming and I, I scratched that itch of getting stuff off my chest, sharing my thoughts and ideas, having a conversation yeah. live on Twitch. And therefore I don't feel as compelled to pick up the camera and vlog like I used to, mm -hmm. you know, I, even yeah, I for sure understand that these trips that I've been doing, um, you know, like this last weekend we went camping in the Lolomai and, and, I just don't pick up the camera as much yep. as I used to. I just, I, I get right. that itch. I get that um, satisfaction of sharing on, on stream every day so that when I mm -hmm. am off stream, I don't you feel- You can enjoy it. Yeah I, yeah, I just don't feel the need to pick up the camera like I used to. And I, I have to kind of yep. like remind myself that I, I should, I need to, um, because I still have a community that don't watch me live, that don't care about the streams and they still right. love the vlogs. And it's one of the reasons what keeps me going, but- Anyway, yeah, I'm sure it's a hard balance. Like, I'm sure that's a hard thing to find of like, and I, and I, I know I've been there of like, okay, when you don't want to do it, but then you feel like you have to do it versus when you are so enamored with it that it's no longer like even a thought or a question. It's just like, oh, I got to do this right now. I can't wait to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I definitely struggle with the, the line between having to do something and wanting to do something. 100%. Um, if for, it is for sure. And, you know, and I, and I get mixed, mixed, um, responses on that like oh well then take a break don't worry about it and then the other ones are like you know how hard is it just pick up the camera <laughs> right <laughs> so, well, i think you know. that's it i think what people forget is it's that way with any job it when it, yeah. with any job especially whether it, even if it's a job that you absolutely love like everyone has those days where it's like i'm not doing this because i want to i'm doing this because i have to and then you'll have another day where it's like man that was awesome yep. and i i couldn't wait to do it and sometimes it's okay, this job doesn't give me that fulfillment anymore. So now I'm going to find another job. In this case, it was, you know, the switch from vlogging to streaming, like vlogging doesn't do it as much as streaming does for me. Like that's the job that really, you know, gets me up in the morning. I'm excited to do. And I, and I totally understand that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Really. It is. Mm -hmm. I look forward yeah. to, you know, sitting down here and, and kicking off stream every morning for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So before that though, like, uh, this year you actually were podcasting pretty regularly uh yeah you had a a very topical very specific podcast that unfortunately had to take a break on we'll it did say. um yeah i uh i struck a, a poor chord with a with a brand who thought my uh my podcast was just hit a little too close to home um talked a little bit too close to infringement um so they they were nice about it and they politely asked me to you know take a pause until we could, you know, decide if we want to do some rebranding. And, and honestly, the plans are still there to eventually bring that back. But I've been so busy with bringing the stream back. Um, and my partner uh, on the podcast, Ruby Knight, you know, he's busy. He's been re reviving his stream in the same way. So I think that like, you know, it's on the table, it's on the back burner. And I, I never throw away content, though. I, I always like to revisit content, um, podcasting, streaming, YouTubing, like I've always got ideas and plans in the back of my head for it. But yeah, this one was a well, all right, so maybe that didn't work quite as well as I planned. <laughs> yeah, so you had a Star Wars podcast. I and, did, yeah. And, and where did, like, I mean, you, you said it earlier, and I know you, you're a huge Star Wars fan, but, like, what gave you the idea to start a podcast for, about, about Star Wars? 
um it kind of comes back to the, the the same thing as you know you like the streaming it's i love talking about lore i'm it's not just star wars in this case like i'm a huge lore nut destiny um when i was playing anthem but but it all started with with star wars like that was the the genre the arc that really got me into this expanded universe storytelling and finding out like okay well who was that one character that maybe you saw in a scene that only had three lines and then you find out they've got this entire backstory and there's this there's this depth to these characters you never realized and um and star wars was what kind of kind of started that for me and it was probably the it was probably the science fiction kick to my what is my love for now anything space science fiction um probably why i love destiny so much you know it's got that very like deep lore light versus dark you know kind of archaic beginning of the universe vibes um, and it really like and i thought um about it from the time time and i'm like i love talking about lore doing it on stream at that point i wasn't streaming too so it's like i didn't have really an outlet for it and i'm like just do a podcast we're gonna talk about lore for an hour and a half we'll get real deep with like the really nerdy stuff yeah 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 and it was uh it was definitely cool it was it was a lot of fun um it required us a lot of research because um no one hates star wars as much as star wars fans Mm -hmm. (laughs) which means that like you know if you screw something up if you say something incorrectly um you know they'll they'll eat you with they'll pound you with a stick they'll come after you so it definitely was a lot more homework and i found that as i as we got deeper um into the conversations and we had the more you know the heavy duty lore topics was doing a lot of homework and making sure you know had your notes had your your background, your reference points. Um, and, but it, for, for quite a while, it was really getting that, that content creation itch scratched. And we did it live, so I, I was kind of streaming it. Um, we did it once a week, and we, and we live streamed it and then uploaded it to Anchor and the other sources. Um, but it was, that was great. I loved it. I, I hope to bring it back at some point, or I think I'm going to incorporate like maybe once a month through like a lore um, stream with where like, you know, we do one night, we'll play like Battlefront 2 or, you know, something Star Wars-y and we'll have a, just a conversation about lore. Keep that up for a few hours. I, I love that. I get off on that. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that's for, for sure. Dude. Uh, a couple, the couple of pieces that I that I caught from it, uh, whether it was Twitter or I think it was actually a full episode at one point um, on one of my walks. But yeah, I mean, you could tell you ha- you're very passionate about it and you really get into it. And even when you and I were talking early uh, in Anthem days, you know, you would you were bringing up stuff that I hadn't even heard of. I'm like, how do you know this? Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, look- I, I tell you what, when I when I dive in, I dive straight into the deep end. I don't usually uh, wade through the kiddie pool. Nope, uh, that is true. <laughs> when it comes to story, I love I love a really rich storytelling experience. Um, and I think Destiny has done that, especially in Destiny 2, very, very well. Shadowkeep um, is really well. Star Wars is the king of that. I mean, you've got the movies, the TV shows, the books, the comics, um, and everything in between. Um, Halo is a really great lore um, and really great stories there. So that was kind of the thing that, like, a game hooks me when it's got... And it doesn't matter, like how long I play it, I'll be attached to that game if it's got a good story. So that's why I'm, I'm most excited for Jedi Fallen Order because it's no multiplayer, it's not online, it's just a single player, long, you know, really exploratory Star Wars story. And I, I cannot wait for it. Although it's, you know, I got a caveat that, you know, it's another game put out by EA and after after Anthem came back and, and bit me in the tuchus for uh, how, how much I was expecting it to succeed and then ultimately, you know, it kind of, um, you know, the, the javelins crash and burn for, if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, so I, yeah, take it with a grain of salt always. And I always tell people that like, I get hyped about things. I love hyping up games, getting excited about them. Um, even if they don't, you know, exceed my expectations, it's getting that, that build up is part of the, part of the fun. Um, but you know, luckily with this one, I mean, it's being done by respawn. So most of, you know, you know, respawn does, um, you know, apex legends is what they're most known for right now, but they also did the Titanfall games. 
So Titanfall two is one of my favorite video game stories of all time. So I think that like you got this, you got this team that can do graphic combat intensive games and that can also do rich storytelling. And they've got, you know, they got Lucasfilm behind them. They've got Disney behind them kind of backing and checking all this. So I've got, I've got good faith. I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Respawn is, uh, has been pretty solid. And, uh, if this Mm -hmm. is what they've been working on in lieu of a Titanfall game, then, um, yeah, the game director is actually the uh, the former God of War director, Stig Atkinson. Um, so he did all the God of War games. So I'm like, talk about a talk about a series with incredible stories and and fan base. So like, I have I feel like it's in pretty good hands. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Are you a, are you a Trekkie as well? I am not a Trekkie. No, <laughs> nope. And, and you'll find like some people are right in the middle, but typically it's one or the other. Yeah. I'm actually a, our, our buddy Captain McFly. Uh, his wife is a Trekkie, and I like to give him give him hell for it all the time. <laughs> be like, you know, so, you know, be like, oh, well, I need to spend time with the wife, and I'm like, yeah, but she's a Trekkie. Like, you should get <laughs> less time because of that. And I'm like, I love you, but I, I can't condone your life choices. Like. <laughs> No, I, I love you, but I don't agree with your life decisions. Right, right. No, growing <laughs> growing up, my mom, my mom was both. Right, she she would yeah. if she had to choose, she would say that she's a Trekkie over over a Star Wars fan. But yep. when like because Star Wars or Star Wars was all movies, right? When when we were right. kids, they were just the movies. There were no yep. shows or or cartoons or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But Star Trek was more on TV. They had the movies, but they had the original series and they had Next yeah. Generation. And Next Generation is what mm-hmm. I grew up with. Then that right. turned into Deep Space Nine, then Voyager, and you know, so yep. it, they had a, it had a very strong um, t- TV presence. TV presence, and I feel like yep. that just gives there's more stories. So it, yeah, it, so growing up, I was definitely more of a Trekkie, mm-hmm. but loved Star Wars. In fact, um, Re- Return of the Jedi was the movie that for me that really did it. Yeah, because I because that was the one that I, that was the newest one, and I watched yep. it the most. And, you know, it had the little Ewoks and like, oh, it's cute, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But just for me, it was the iconic scene when Luke is basically getting ready to fall into the Sarlacc pit and the Return of the Jedi music comes on. He bounces back, he grabs his lightsaber. Yes. he catches the lightsaber. Oh, I, it's such a good scene. Like, I, you can't watch that oh, man. and not get excited. I get out of my seat. I just get so pumped. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, Yeah, it I is. It. Like, yeah, go, Luke, go. Like, yeah. and, and that's for me, I think, too, is... I think Disney and and now that Disney's at the helm of Star Wars, they have figured that part out because, you know, we've got Disney Plus coming out this year. We've got the Mandalorian series, which is going to be an actual TV series. Um, You know, so anytime you do a TV series, as long as you have the right funds to back, you know, things like special effects and, and, and cast, you get more of a story because you have more time to tell it. And the next year we get the new Kenobi series, which I'm super hyped about. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi is a character. I love you and McGregor. Like I'm yeah. really excited. They're bringing him back. Um, you know, what a great time to tell, you know, you've got the period after revenge of the Sith, you've got before new hope, you know, it's, it's, it's him, you know, learning, you know, the, the war, the, the ways to immortality talking to Qui-Gon helping to, you know, keep an eye on Luke and, you know, everything that went on between that. I think there's a lot of, a lot of great detailed story that they can take when they're not so focused on, we've got to have this big cinematic blockbuster. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And I, I'm really excited to see what comes. I mean, they've announced a ton of original content that's coming when it launches. Mm-hmm. Just yep. imagine what they're going to do within a year when they three, you know, two years, three years. Yep. Yeah, they get those subscribers on there. Not, not that they said oh, sure. the money is what's holding them back, but like when they actually see how many people are subscribed, they're like, OK, now we have mm-hmm. a, a justification to keep yeah. dumping money into this. Um, I think they have a lot of stories to tell, honestly, when, Absolutely. when you get a universe like both Disney and Marvel for that matter, the, yeah. the possibilities are literally endless. 
Yep. You've got Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, um, Pixar, like Disney Plus is a great deal. Like if, if you should pick it up, it's going to be real cheap. I think it's like like eight or nine bucks. Well, they've already all of the movies, TV shows and, and, and original series from all those genres. Yeah, I wasn't following them early enough, but apparently there was a couple of tw- twice now. There's been deals where like if you subscribe now, you get three years for free. Well, you're a Verizon member, right? Yes. Verizon is giving away the first um your first year if you're with your phone membership. Oh, that's cool. So okay. you and you can like sign up for it and then you can set it up with your phone plan and it'll take it over for that period and then when it's done it just picks right back up with your uh your normal service. All right on. Okay. I'll have to look into that then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're definitely gonna get it. You know, my whole household is is, you know, Star Wars and Marvel fans. So Marvel and yeah, for yeah, sure. It's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> well, right on. Uh I wanna pivot to another topic, but first yeah. we're gonna take a quick break for an ad read. All right, so you are making the return to streaming. Have you Mm -hmm. chosen a platform that you're streaming Uh, on? Yeah, so I think in the midst of, um, you know, for people who know me, you know, I I started on Twitch um, because all of my friends were on Twitch. Um, I pivoted, I don't know, halfway through my direction and went to Facebook when Facebook gaming was first getting started. Like there was nobody on it. Um, They hadn't really figured out like, you know, chat, emotes, any of that thing. Um, It was really cool. It was a great experience. I think when I was on it, it was just too new. Um, There wasn't enough like stable, stable options for Um, Mm non-partners, but definitely some great options for exposure. And then I came back to Twitch and that's where I was till I took my break. Um, And then coming back, you know, I realized that I'm kind of at square one again, which is a really liberating feeling to know like I have the chance to build from the ground up. And I think with all the hype going on with Mixer, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to Mixer. I'm gonna see Microsoft is really investing in the platform. They're investing in their creators. Um there's a it's much less saturated, which to me is appealing because you know it's really hard on Twitch to to start from zero and, and find a whole lot of success. I mean I have friends, you know, who are partners who can only get 10 or 15 viewers. Like they can't there's just too much competition, too much um, quickly becoming irrelevant. And so I think that Mixer has the opportunity as it starts to grow, um, especially with some of these big creators getting getting snagged up. A really, really big opportunity over there. So yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be moving to moving to McCarty on Mixer. It's gonna be the Mick on Mix. <laughs> Mick on Mix. Hashtag Mick on Mix. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's gonna be a thing. We'll put that on a shirt. Hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> that's on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and that's that's a great transition. I I, I did I honestly did not know what you were gonna say. So uh, e- either way, we're gonna, surprise, surprise. <laughs> we're gonna transition to it anyways. Uh, but yeah, I mean Mixer's been making a lot of moves lately. Um, you know, if you yeah. some for some reason have been you know living under a rock or been off the internet for the last <laughs> six months, yeah. uh, Ninja was the first major acquisition. Um, he yep. announced that he was moving to Mixer to stream there exclusively. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there was definitely some controversy there. And of course, a lot of people upset, uh, primarily the, you know, hardcore fans from Twitch that had been subbed for X amount of years. And it's yeah. funny, you know, now, now there's been a couple of different people that have made the transition. We'll, you know, we'll get to that in a minute, but like reading the responses, the people that feel like actually like betrayed and entitled. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I've been paying for X amount of years, uh, mm-hmm. and you're just going to leave. Like, I, I feel like I wasted my money. And like, if you think about it, like you've been subscribed to this channel to support this creator and right. all the content they gave you, all of the great streams and, and commentary and whatever, like that's what you were quote unquote paying that's for. What you were supporting. Yep. Yeah. And, and and not even, you can't even say you're paying for it because the, the content's free. Like whether you sub right. or not, the, the, you're, the, mm-hmm. the, the person's still going to do what they're doing, but you just allowed them to do it longer or easier or faster or whatever. 
but yeah, it's just it's yeah. funny to see the the entitlement, like you said, uh, in the comment section of, uh-huh. of people being betrayed. And then you know, on the other side of the of the aisle, you got the people who are saying like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what platform they're on. Uh, you know, if you like the content, you should go to where the content is, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And while I agree with that sentiment, and I wholeheartedly, I mean, I do wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment that like, you know, if, if my favorite streamer moves platforms, obviously I have to go to that platform to watch that person's content. Right. I will say though that it becomes a struggle when you have to have four apps, five apps, and if you want to, you know, bounce and, and basically channel surf, right? I, like you would on TV, you it makes it a little more difficult when you have to have the the three or four different platforms up. And I think yeah. that you know, even right now, even with the changes that are happening, it it, it is more difficult. But Mm -hmm. as times continue to change and more and more people start shuffling, I think it's going to be more common to have balance out. Yeah, it'll balance out and you'll have like, you know, oh, cool. X, Y and Z is going to be on Twitch. So I know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be on Twitch. And I know so and so is on Mixer on Mondays and Wednesdays. I know. Oh, cool. I'll probably spend most of my time there. And oh, Facebook Fridays. Like I got to go catch, you know, Tim. I got to watch Darkness do his thing and kill all the mans like. So you'll you'll know from time to time, like as those platforms become more relevant and the core audience balances out, which because right now the, the the thing that's weird is the fact that, you know, you have 90 percent of your content creation viewers on Twitch as a whole, just like in general. And then, you know, that's going to sporadically disperse and, you know, it'll even out a little bit to Mixer, it'll even out a little bit to Facebook. And eventually they'll all be relatively similar in size and it won't be so odd to be like, oh, got to switch over to Mixer for this one. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I was going is, is, is like, again, today you like, okay. So for example, right now I have two people on Facebook that I, that I watch somewhat regularly. I yep. have one, two people on mixer. Well, I see I'm saying this, but like realistically one person on each pl- on, on mixer, one person on Facebook that I watch sub pay, right. The full, yeah. the full Monty. The full, full Monty. Yeah. And then I've got a couple other people that have recently made changes, you know, or I like, but just time zone wise, I don't, I never catch their stream. Um, right. You know, I've got a lot of colleagues and friends that are on these different platforms, but for the most part, I pull up my Twitch follower list and, and I just go through and I bounce around there when I have free time in the evenings or uh, if I'm traveling and I can't, I'm not streaming myself, you know? I, I tend to go to there. And it was the same thing when I was on YouTube. You pull up your YouTube sub, sub list. And I would bounce from stream to stream to stream um, because that's just where everyone's at. And yeah. if it's just one streamer moves, it's like, okay, well, cool. I'll check in with that person from time to time, but right. it's not the same. But now, like I said, if can, if things keep shifting and moving, next thing you know, uh, when I pull up my mixer follower list, I'm going to have 10 channels that potentially could yeah. be live. And yep. you know, that, that, that just grows. So mm-hmm. One I think too, like I noticed when I was setting up my my mixer channel, um, I was going through and I was seeing like, oh, people you might want to follow, and then you'd follow one and it'd show you some other recommended kind of based on that. And I found you know six or seven people that I had known on Twitch when you know I was first getting started out. And I remember like thinking back to just to my my first Guardian Con, and you know when I was 
it was still McCarty and Cola, you know, a hot and nice, cool and refreshing beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, people that I'd kind of lost touch with as, as far as creators and I found them on Mixer and they popped up and I'm like, oh, I used to love that guy. Like, I'm really glad that I can get back in touch with them again. So I think that we're going to see that as more people begin to level out and watching across platforms becomes kind of the the norm. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a little bit more more balanced. Oh, for sure. For sure. And and, you know, and then on with that, with that being said, like, you know, we still haven't seen the full scope yet of these acquisitions. Yep. Um, you know, people like to, 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 you know, balk at, oh, well, it's just about the money. It's just about the paycheck. And while that may be true, we'll never know the full details of a contract because it's, you know, uh, NDA and cl- locked up. I right. would bet that money was only a part of the deal um, and not, ne- oh, even, yeah. not even necessarily the, the most enticing part of it. Um, the fact that Microsoft, a, who owns Mixer, has now acquired Ninja, who undoubtedly is the one of the most well-known streamers in the world. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people would like to argue that he's not the biggest streamer, or never was. You know, he was only big for one moment in time, but he was never like holistically the largest streamer in the world. But I always right. say that he's the most well-known, right? He's, yeah, he was definitely the most recognized streamer in the world. You can, there's like, that's irrefutable. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he was the first one to get public recognition. Like, I remember when he started playing with Drake and that was really when the 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 shift happened and you saw like, you know, celebrities tweeting at him and wanting to get into those games. And like, that was when, like, that was a big jump. Well, he's been on Jimmy Fallon. With, he's been on Ellen. Yep. Like, I, I don't know. He, he did the Lions kickoff or did the Lions uh, coin for the game last weekend. Like, yeah. the dude's everywhere. Like, what a, what a, Tyler's a brilliant strategist. Like, he knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and since then, you know, they, <laughs> they, they've acquired Shroud. They made that announcement last yep. week, which that was a huge one because that's another, like, like monolithic, uh, behemoth of a streamer and yep. um you know he's one of the definitely one of the large he is one of the largest uh and, and it always period you know period. yeah well when you when you say that term it's like what do you you know what do you mean by largest concurrence subs followers like what metric are you measuring that from because at the end of the day it's like every day is different and yeah you know someone who could someone could have a million followers and only average a couple thousand viewers or vice wow, I really versa. appreciate you putting me on blast like that. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get people that like have, you know, uh, a tiny amount of followers, but just crush it in views. You know, it's like, it's yeah, wh- whatever. absolutely. But they acquired Shroud. And then this mm-hmm. weekend, big bomb. Big news. For the two of us, uh, a friend of ours, uh, yeah. Corey, a.k.a. King Athalian, he made his announcement that he is moving to Mixer as well. Yep, that was some big plays. I think that actually takes effect um, tomorrow, our time. Obviously, it'll be later when you guys are hearing this, but beginning tomorrow for us recording this, like, is this is the first stream for him on Mixer. And I, I remember way back um, when Kevin first went, K Magic 101, who's another bud, um, you know, I remember Corey talking about, like, you know, if he would ever move. And, he, and I remember him saying, like, you know, it's got to be enough that, you know, I would never have to worry about sub count or view counts that that my family and my businesses would continue to thrive. And now with things like with Guardian Con, which has now become GCX with the success of King's Coast, like the the revenue piece is only one small part of it. Like, you know, there's going to be big opportunities for those brands down the line to partner with Mixer. Well, and that's just it. I mean, I mean, you just said it. Corey's a Corey's a, a great businessman and yep. he knows his value as a brand and as an influencer. Absolutely. And again, I, I feel like for this deal to happen for him specifically, mm-hmm. just knowing him, it had to be more than just money. Absolutely. Because like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he got a very nice, you know, dot 
comma zero zero you know he got the the check yeah but i i believe because of again him thinking of the future and the opportunities with all the brands and businesses that you yeah. just mentioned that this is mm -hmm. this extends more into the microsoft world and, absolutely and i said that day one was with ninja i was like this is not about mixer this is not about just him streaming on mixer i would not be surprised in fact i bet money that we see a ninja themed xbox I, oh, yeah. we see him involved with halo when that comes out next year mm -hmm. that's yep. where his roots are right that's where he, well, came yeah, he was from. a halo pro player yeah yep so i mean we're gonna see i i really think e3 you're gonna see mm -hmm. these these content creators these influencers on stage at e3 at microsoft i 100 yeah, sure. you know believe that and i think the same thing as far as you know with with goss transition like I'm sure we're going to Mixer is going to be a huge part of GCX going forward, which ultimately is going to help, you know, all of the kids that, you know, from St. Jude that that conference goes to support. And like, I think like Corey knows exactly what he's doing and he never makes a decision that's only about the short term. Like he is very much the long game kind of guy. Like he wants to make sure that he's set, his family set, his kids are set and his friends are set and stable for, you know, for all the years to come. So if he made that decision, then he crossed off all those all those boxes before he did it. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a great point. Uh, with, with GCX is, you know, their annual event in Florida. Um, yeah, yeah I would not be surprised if Microsoft I mean, imagine having Microsoft backing that now. Yeah. As a premier, uh, sponsor. Absolutely. Yep. Mixer, mm -hmm. Mixer coming in and, and like sponsoring booths and having like stream. Yeah. Booths. Well, remember, I remember when we were last at PAX South together, like that monstrous Mixer booth, that was just like incredible to watch, like super high tech, um you know tons of space like it was the it was the life of the party as far as the show floor packs out like i imagine something along those lines we'll see at gcx this year yeah it's interesting though uh you know i i i hear a lot of mixed results <laughs> mixed <laughs> i hear a lot of mixed results mixed. About, about mixer <laughs> um you know like big moves like these acquisitions but then like you hear like these little whispers like the two founders of mixer have exited recently they right. both they both put in you know uh, publicly said that they're leaving mixer so they're no yeah. longer with the company um i believe some of the other founding members and, and employees have also transitioned out recently mm -hmm. um and then like they've made a lot of changes with their revenue model and i you know i don't stream there i've never streamed there before so i don't know the intricacies of it i'm, I'm completely going off of hearsay but it just seemed like in recent months that they were kind of like in a in this decline and and it sounded like the vibe was, oh, these guys aren't going to last more than a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they start making these acquisitions. You're like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. What are they doing here? Like, th th like you just have to assume that Ninja got paid a ridiculous amount of money for him to move. And then yeah. the same thing with Shroud. You're like, holy shit. Like, those are guys that, you know, they have five, if not, I don't, I, don't, I have no idea, but six figure sub counts. And mm -hmm. to make that kind of revenue, then you think, okay, well then yep. it's not about the money. It does, it's not about the money. If, if they're making that kind of money anyways, like their their bank account already and their investments, whatever. There's they, something else behind that that's motivating. Like they're not losing money in the deal for sure. Like let's be clear about that. Like they're wanting, they're going to the bank, they're cashing their checks, but it's it's what's beyond the money that's giving them that's giving them the um, the factor to switch. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, mm -hmm. it's always a it's always a, a laugh now because. Uh, people love to badmouth Ninja and his numbers. Like, you know, he he streams Fortnite to like 10,000 viewers. And everyone's like, what the hell? Like, he used to do 50, 60, 100,000 viewers on Twitch. Like, yeah. what a joke. Like, bad move. And it's like, that's the beauty of it. He doesn't have, even have to worry about his view count. 
he doesn't yep. have to worry about a sub count. Like he literally can do what he wants when he wants, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, and there's got to be a, a there's, I mean, there has to be a, fr- a sense of freedom, especially yeah, for, for sure. someone like him, because I feel like, you know, yeah, I don't know this for sure. I, you know, I've, I've met the man one time, and it was a quick conversation. This was years ago, so I, I yeah. cannot even imagine. But like, I would have to guess that he's probably somewhat tired of playing Fortnite all the time. Like mm-hmm. he probably wants to play other games, but his image, his brand is the Fortnite streamer. And yeah. I feel like he's, you know, probably stuck or feels like he's stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, he also has not really, I mean, he's been doing so much stuff off of streaming. Um, his partnerships, his brand, his acquisitions, his, I mean, his, his merch. Like he's been doing so much off of stream that I feel yep. like it, again, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Like, okay, if now he's only streaming a couple of days a week because he's so busy doing other things that sure. Now he can play Fortnite four or five days a week. and He's fine. You know, his mm-hmm. streams are shorter. Absolutely. He's not doing 10 and 12 hour streams anymore. He's doing like six and eight. Like I, I you right. know, I don't know. Like, well, I think the other thing to remember too is, you know, yeah, he might be doing 10,000, 11,000 viewers, um, on a mixer stream, but you have to remember that for the percentage of viewers that mixer has, that his proportional numbers are probably the same as they were on Twitch because mixer has a, considerably less a considerably smaller viewer base across the board like twitch viewer base is huge like you know you've got millions of viewers on twitch my guess is you have a a significantly smaller percentage of mixer viewers so while he's pulling in ten thousand viewers and for people on twitch that might seem like oh man he took a huge decline odds are he's still the the top of the totem pole well, that's just it. I mean, he he definitely is the, the biggest streamer. He and Shroud, like I saw Shroud pulling in 15, 20K. Like, like those are not the numbers that they would have pulled on Twitch, but on Mixer, those are king numbers. Like, those are the the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, like, as as of right now, this recording, Ninja is, is signing off his stream. I see his chat saying bye, GG. And he's sitting at 9,000 viewers. Yeah. Uh, so he's ending his stream. So who knows how many people have already dipped out, you know. Dipped out, yeah. Once, once the streamer says they're leaving, they already find their next stream. Um, Shroud is currently sitting at 20,000 viewers. So that Boom. is, that is massive for those are, those are mixer. nuts mixer numbers. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause I mean the next, the next viewer down, um, or the next streamer down, I should say has 900 and, and then, and 2000. So, yep. and it's a huge, you know, huge uh, disparity, if you will. Um, yeah, it's a big but, Delta, big Delta. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like just the fact that the people that, uh, Shroud and Ninja, and goth will bring to the platform you know even if it's a small percentage that that spread out and find yep. new streams that's the whole point it's a slow exactly slow gain um yep. and, and i can speak you're to filling this the pond i mean you're filling the pond that eventually becomes its own ecosystem exactly and i, and I can speak to this with with uh you know with raids on twitch mm-hmm. you know you'll get a raid of i mean let's just make brown numbers i get a raid of a thousand people of the mm-hmm. thousand people let's say mm, 50 to 100 hit the follow button. So right. now you got you know, 100 followers. Of those 100, mm, let's say 25% actually become active viewers, right? Yep. And of that 25%, which is 25. 25, yep. yep. Of the 25, I might get maybe two or three new subs, right? So it's this trickle, yeah. this massive trickle of downhill effect. It went from 1,000 yep. viewers to 100 followers to two or three subs. And, yeah. and it's just that one or two at a time it's that slow mm-hmm. incremental buildup um yep. and of course you never know like you know you get the th- you get the thousand viewers you get the hundred followers those hundred followers may not come back right away but maybe like you know a week from now a month from now 
they forgot they followed you. They forgot who you were, why they follow you. And then you're playing a game that yep. they like, or who knows? Somebody's offline because there's a convention or somebody's going to Bungie or X, whatever reason. It's like, oh, suddenly you're at the top of the list. It's like, oh, I remember that guy. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yep. that's exactly my point is that uh, these these uh, these big, you know, big Goliath streamers are coming to the platform. Yep. They are bringing their hardcore, their most hardcore fans with them. Yep. And a lot of people would argue that they, you know, the hardcore fans, such as those people, they'll go to any platform however they won't necessarily switch channels right they come yeah. to watch their favorite streamer and when their streamer gets off that's the end of their day they mm -hmm. get off they move on to something else and so it, it really just i mean there's just there's so many variables it's hard to like say and quantify this is exactly what's going to happen this is what has yeah, happened sure. um mm -hmm. i think ninja was the first and well i mean he was but he was the first, and so we're everything we've had to base off of the last couple of months has been off of him. Um, right. But he's also a very niche, you know, he's a Fortnite streamer. So he mm -hmm. brings with him a specific type of audience, um, usually a younger demographic. And so mm -hmm. now we have Shroud, who's the exact opposite. I would, I would, I would argue that he's an uh, older demographic, much more mature demographic. And he comes from a place of playing like PUBG and Call of uh, Counter-Strike. And uh, yep. like right now he's playing the new Call of Duty. And so again, these are all games that are a much more older demographic. And so it'd yeah, be very interesting sure. to see three months down the line where his numbers are at, where what mm -hmm. his, you know, uh, fan base is at, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I, feel, I think that really depends on what comes out in those genres. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, even like, I mean, right now, obviously he's playing Call of Duty. It's hot. It's, it's, it's right. super pumped. You know, again, 20,000 people watching him right now. It's this exact moment. I'd be yep. curious to see if he did pub when he when he switches to PUBG or or Counter Strike. Like, where do what's those, that going to do to his? Yep. Well, where do those games sit on on this platform, right? Like, if I'm mm -hmm. if I'm scrolling through, uh, just these are just the streamers on right now. Like, right. I am you know I'm not seeing CS:GO. I'm not seeing mm -hmm. uh, uh, PUBG even. Like, there's yeah. one. There's one right there. So the PUBG top, used to do well on Mixer, but that was really before the Fortnite craze. Yeah, right, right, yeah, and exactly. I think I think that's the like case. when when PUBG was the king of BR, um, it was it was pretty successful on Mixer, and you'd find that most of the top streamers on Mixer at that point were PUBG players because it was on Xbox too. After after a while, um, but with the with the Fortnite plunge, you know, PUBG took it wasn't free. You know, it was it took a backseat. Yeah, I mean, like right now, top games on Mixer, uh, obviously Call of Duty number one because Shroud alone has got twenty thousand viewers. Um, right. Fortnite, uh, the music and the web show directories, which have various things going in there. Minecraft, Apex Legends, Paladins, PUBG, uh, and, and it goes down from there. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm all for the the shifting of you know the shifting of of viewers and and streamers, yeah, and I think it's sure. uh, long term. It's going to be good for the industry. Short term, mm -hmm. we're just kind of like waiting for the dust to settle. And yeah, uh, I, I think. You know, with King Athalion being the most recent transition, I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think we're going to see more transitions. Um, Absolutely. What I'm actually more curious about is what Twitch is going to do. Um, you know, they signed Nick A30, who is a YouTube streamer, um, mm -hmm. big Fortnite YouTuber, and streamed over there. He moved uh, shortly after Ninja moved, um, and it seemed like he was kind of filling that gap, right? Like. They yep. lost a major Fortnite streamer, so they acquired a major Fortnite streamer. He's been doing very well. In fact, again, saw his like tagline on Twitter about how Nick A literally had double the viewership of 
Ninja on Mixer. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, like again, you're comp- not com- you're not even comparing apples to apples because the platforms are so vastly different. Yeah. Um, on, well, the same thing too with um with Renee um at Renee on Twitter. She was a big Mixer partner, and then right about the time that Mixer or that the Mixer that Ninja got moved over, she got brought back to Twitch. Twitch brought her, Twitch grabbed her. So I think that there's there's definitely this like back and forth of like who are they going to take and where's the where's the influencer um kind of level going to set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, really, really just curious to see where the dust settles and mm-hmm. um, who else is making moves. Because like, you know, um, you know, we've been talking about Mixer specifically, but, you know, even in recent months, uh, the true Vanguard moved to Facebook um, yep. last month. I had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. And we talked about, um, you know, Destiny and um, just content yeah. creation in general. But he moved to Facebook. You know, Tim's mm-hmm. been over there for a couple of years and he's been doing fantastic He's um, killing the game. So he's, good. Yeah, he's definitely killing it. Uh, uh, Geek chick Vicky. She she's been on Facebook for about two years now as well, I think. And yeah. uh, she does Mixer from time to time as well. Mm-hmm. But just a lot of content creators making making changes, making moves. And I think it really just comes down to where each individual places their uh, like time commitment. Because a lot of these a lot of these uh, content creators that are getting like partnership deals. Uh, you know, they don't have to necessarily stream 40, 60 hours a week. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they're only yep. required so many hours. And the fact that they're getting some kind of compensation somewhere makes up for that loss of time. They don't feel the necessarily the need to to be on all the time and grind when you're in that kind yeah, of absolutely. hustle mode. You know, you feel the need to be on all the time. Um, right. I, I know I definitely I noticed that I feel that sometimes that, that, that feeling of like, yep. you know, I should be back online, be back streaming, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like it's the same analogy in, in the content creator world of in the in the professional world. You know, when you're a you're a salesman and you grind sales and you're you know, you're you're making that commission, you're making that bank and then eventually you become a manager and it's like, oh, you don't have to have the same pressure and you get a chance to kind of breathe because, you know, your salary comes fixed. And it's it's the same thing, like the same grind is everywhere of getting to a point where you're wanted to do a position that you no longer have to fight for. Yeah, absolutely. So when, you're, when you're so when you're so valued and so headhunted that you no longer have to to worry about the individual metrics like that's the dream it doesn't matter what job you're in that's where everybody wants to be um and I, it's really exciting to see these guys getting those opportunities like they're they're at the point now where they they realize like they're being coveted for their experience and, the, and what they bring and they're not gonna have to worry about the the little stuff they don't have to sweat the little stuff anymore yep that's exactly what it is and i mean mm-hmm. i'll be honest like i have no desire to leave twitch i yeah. i spent the last 30 months building re- rebuilding my community on that platform, um, yeah, sure. I'm not looking to switch. I'm not looking for anything, but like if some kind of opportunity came that gave me that freedom, you know, I, I would obviously come to the table and talk and talk, right? Like obviously yeah, I'm, I'm sure. not going to shut. I've been reproached by, by other platforms, but nothing's ever been like fully vetted. And, mm-hmm. and I'll also be honest, it was a platform that I wasn't really crazy about. Yeah, uh, I think if I think if it was a platform that I was at least somewhat interested in, um, I think the conversation would definitely happen and I would at least hear them out. But mm-hmm. yeah, again, sure. it would it would have to be something where, you know, long term and I and I would see necessarily like I don't want to say an exit strategy because that sounds bad. But like what would be the next the next platform or not? What ne- comes after this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what comes no, after I think this? exit strategies? I think exit strategy is a great standpoint. And 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 Corey Goth talks about it all, all the time that like content creation in the streaming realm is not a sustainable career choice for, for a 30 year job, for a 50 year job. Like you have to be thinking about, okay, 
I'm doing this to get to X or I'm doing this to get to Y. Like, is that I'm doing content creation to get a shot in voiceover acting work or in, you know, casting work or am i doing this at a shot to do community management or get into get in with game developers and work with a game developer um like you always need to you always need to be thinking about what that looks like for you and i think that that's where a lot of especially younger creators as they they get started um they focus solely on like oh man i gotta get twitch partner or i gotta get affiliate and that's it and like they look at these very small like goals that are like oh they're super close and super attainable what happens is when you don't play you don't play the long game like it's going to end up biting you in the ass in the end. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing though, too, is, is you have no idea what the future is going to hold. Um, yep. you know, you could be on a path. You can be pretty confident that oh, things, sure. things are going to go a certain way. And then it just kind of bloop, falls out and yeah. you got to kind of pivot. And like uh, anyone working in the stock market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, this is great. It's like, Oh, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's for sure, man. But that's the beauty of content creation is I think it's a it's a job or a profession that gives you a lot of creative freedom. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even like someone like such as yourself, like you're able to do it while still having a full time job, while still having, yeah, sure. you know, a significant other um, mm -hmm. being able to do things. And then, you know, in your your quote unquote free time, able to create this content. Absolutely. I think I think that's the thing is that you can do this long term if you're willing to evolve with the times. And I think that's where like people get stuck in the old ways. Like I think you've done a great job of, you know, you were a vlogger and that was your thing. And then you made the transition to live streaming and to content creation on Twitch. And that has been so successful for you. And I think that's why that's where you find success is when you're willing to and able to kind of roll with the punches, take them as they go and then find a way to pivot and, and evolve. Cause I think what happens is, and this is the same thing again with any professional job is if you get stagnant, everything will change around you and you'll become irrelevant. So I think that, you know, finding a way to stay relevant and to evolve your content is the key. Yeah. And that's the thing too, uh, you know, with, with the, the vlogs, I think the, again, and I, I kind of talked, talked about it earlier. I think if I didn't fall in love with live streaming, like I did, um, I probably would have evolved and pivoted more on the YouTube platform specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, like my vlogs have kind of always been the kind of the same, they, they, the, the style has changed and, and what I vlog and how much I vlog has definitely changed, but mm -hmm. the, the format has been very much the same for the last, you know, five to seven years. And right. that format's kind of an old format. It's no longer, uh, it's no longer the norm. And mm -hmm. I, I always say that if I was a TV show, I would have been canceled years ago, right? The network, <laughs> the network would have canceled me and, and said, uh, and then, you know, if I'm an actor, I'd just move on to a different show. And right. that's what a lot of YouTube YouTubers have done is they've re reinvented themselves and created new content, new shows, um, yeah. stuff that's popular. Look at Phil DeFranco. I mean, yeah. do you remember when I remember when Phil DeFranco was SXE Phil? Yep. Like I loved like I was watching Phil DeFranco before anybody was watching Phil DeFranco. Like and it's been crazy to see him evolve. And he's got multiple, multiple channels and multiple businesses and avenues. And like I like I think he's a great, a great scenario of like taking that YouTube model and has just like changed like throughout the last decade. I remember, like I said, being in high school, watching, you know, SXE Phil and seeing, you know, who he was and just watching, he was, you know, kind of like a live vlogger too at the time. And now to see where he's at with his news stories and like, this is just incredible. Oh yeah. 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 And, and, and that's my point is that, you know, like if, if YouTube was my only game and that's really all I really yep. cared about, then, uh, then I would have probably done something like that and I would have pivoted. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
and instead I, I fell in love with the live streaming and that's kind of where I've spent a lot of my time and energy. Um, I really enjoy, mm-hmm. I really enjoy podcasting for a lot of the same reasons. Like it's this conversation, uh, with no, you know, not with no, with no real limits. You know, we could sit here yeah. and talk for hours as long as we have something to talk about. And that's kind mm-hmm. of how I, how I treat my streams. Right. And, and so even, even like things that I've thought about vlogging, like sitting in front of the camera mm-hmm. and, and turning it on and doing like an old school vlog. Like mm-hmm. I've even like deterred away from that. Cause I'm like, well, that'd be a great podcast episode. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. I'd like to have this conversation with somebody, not by myself. And, and so I, I feel like, again, my vlogging has continued to take a back seat to these other platforms and this other content. Yep. So. Yeah, I think for me too, like one of the things I found early in my in my content creation was that I don't do well with scripted. Like I'm not good at it, which is funny because I grew up in 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 acting and doing like voice acting work and I've done a lot of that. And so like I'm comfortable behind a script, but when it comes to content creation um, of my own, I don't do well when I have to like write it out and this is what I'm going to say and this is the B-roll it's going to play while I do it. Um, I'm much more of a kind of a live improv kind of person. Like that's where I find my comfort and that's where I find my enjoyment. And that's why, um, I like podcasting cause it gives me the chance to record it in the same, same vein, but it's, it's conversation. It's me talking for an hour. It's, um, you know, this is what's going on with X. It's not like, Ooh, and now we're going to talk about this. And here are these six bullet points that I have about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm really bad at it. That's it's me. It's really man. awkward. That's me. That all my content is is all non scripted. Fly by the seat of my pants. For better or for worse. This I just. <laughs> I, that's, this what it is. That's why. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was a vlogger. Like, and I feel like yeah. I have to explain myself all the time because it's like, why don't you make videos like this, or why don't you make more videos about that, or make more blah videos and it's like i don't make videos though i just right i, I vlog i record my life I record and, life and yeah. that becomes a video it's different and i, I don't and know I, why you don't make fortnite videos i mean that's unbelievable well i mean as soon as i can build a <laughs> ramp out of my ass jump, I, will, shotgun, I, I will jump, do it shotgun. Yeah. it's so bad <laughs> oh, good old fortnite oh yeah all right, so uh, last little bit here. I, I kind of wanted to pivot from we, we went into content creation and platforms, mm-hmm. your return. Yeah. Uh, you're married. You got you got a wife. And what is that's true? What is her thoughts on all this? On on gaming, on content creation. How does she handle all this? Yeah. So my wife is a saint. Um, I really lucked out. I talk about that all the time that like, you know, I have friends who, who they're, you know, significant others won't even let them like, you know, if they go for like an hour at, at, you know, to play video games, it's like, why are you playing video games and not spending time with me? My wife is the biggest, like she tells me all the time that all she wants is to, to give me what will make me happy and to, 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 to support whatever makes me happy. And so she doesn't care what it is. I mean, I guess if it was meth, she would probably care. But like she doesn't care what my hobby of choice is um, as long as I'm doing something that I love. Um, she's very supportive, very, you know, when I was doing this as a as a basically a second full time job and you know, I was doing five days a week, Monday through Friday, um, as soon, basically as soon as I got home from the office, I was in the chair and streaming. She'd bring me dinner, um, you know, and then usually one of my weekend days, like she sacrificed a lot, which and that was in our first year of marriage, too. So like I'm lucky that I still have a wife after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I. I spent a lot of time in the chair grinding um, and she never questioned it. She never didn't support it. She always made sure that if I needed, you know, X piece of equipment or I needed this and that, like she, you know, she was right there with me when I was buying it. Like she, it's not her thing. Like she wouldn't enjoy it. She doesn't, you know, have any interest in doing it, but she enjoys watching me do it because she knows how happy it makes me. 
That's awesome. And and, and, yeah. and multiple times you and I play together. She's usually sitting in the room with you playing her. She is she plays the almost switch always in my office um, when I'm down here because it it's, you know, she likes it for us to be together. And so she like I've got a switch in here and she'll play, you know, Crash Bandicoot or Mario Kart. She loves platformers. Um, big, we're both big Nintendo fans. And, uh, you know, she when, when I'm streaming, when I'm just down here playing games with buds, like she'll come down and she'll just play games just so we can, you know, we're doing two separate things, but we're still doing them together. See, I'm jealous of that. I wish because Tiffany, you know, she likes Mario. She likes mm -hmm. Nintendo. I bought her a Switch for um, her birthday. And, you know, it's funny, like she, you know, she'll play it at first and she'll get into it. But it's like I need to like set it up in the living room and like tell the kids not to touch it because then she'll play. it. Right. Like, oh, it's here. She can play it. Um, yep. but yeah, she's just not like she's not like super into video games where that would ever happen. Right. Like mm -hmm. I'm even right now, my new desk setup, I have room for. Uh, like I have my laptop sitting on my side desk now. And that's where I kind of sit because I, I like to sit in this room now and then I've kind of got it all doctored up. And, mm -hmm. yep. and so she could totally sit there and play games or or whatever, even like when I'm just kind of in here working. But um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I've always been a little jealous of that when I hear her in the background. I'm always like, oh, like your wife. It's like, always oh. really like I'm lucky, too, that I have a I do an 18 plus stream because my wife is um, she has the like a, a worse sailor's mouth than I do. And for anyone who actually knows me, you know, Clint, especially uh, my I have the worst mouth possible. But like it'll be it'll never fail. To, like I'll be in a stream or I'll be sitting here just playing with buds. And all of a sudden you'll hear shit or damn it and like she'll just start like yelling because you know she drove her her cart off the map or she missed a level and like <laughs> so every once in a while like uh, the chat will laugh because you'll, you'll see me just like peek around my monitors and i'll be like you're right over there like what you doing <laughs> did you die again um so yeah it's like it, it is really funny like I, I for a long time i was really so uh really self-conscious about that of like making sure my audio was always perfect and I didn't pick up any background noises or anything random and i'm like you know what like especially like as i got more more away from the the really stressing about it too much and it just became kind of again something to do for fun was it was just like i don't really care like i love the fact that my wife's down here playing video games while i'm streaming like i love the fact that she wants to us to you know hang out together even when we're doing separate things like i'm so lucky and appreciative of that oh yeah for sure and i mean and and you know even though tiffany's not into video games she's 100 percent supportive um the fact yeah, that sure. we have this great partnership where I mean, she just literally does everything for me and, mm -hmm. and the kids, and she's yep. a glorified taxi driver because she basically drives the kids <laughs> back and forth to school and right. sports and sports and all yeah. that stuff. And and she just allows me the freedom to work whenever I want yeah. and do what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it doesn't. It may it may not always make sense, but over the years of all the things that I've done, all the crazy things that I've done, like she she respects the 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 opportunity like one of the things i was talking yeah. about is like the opportunity she, she proves appreciates the hustle it may not be like her hustle but she appreciates yeah. it yeah she understands and also that too like when holly and i've been together as long as you two like i i'd hope we are in separate rooms most of the time too like you guys have been together 100 years clint like it's a little <laughs> different we're we're still like i mean we've been together for you know six five six years now and we're but we're still in that that you know that we like to be around each other things so like i'm sure you know they're 10 years we won't, we won't talk to each well, other well yeah i mean it was <laughs> this, this summer was your one year anniversary right uh it was our two year, our two -year wedding anniversary. anniversary actually yeah two years we'll be celebrating our third this coming year which is really nuts because so i wait remember a minute. That, like, okay actually, that means you that and means, i just started hanging out at that point i was just gonna say that means you and i are two years in our friendship yeah yeah the two okay. year, the two the real two year anniversary and mm. the important one <laughs> No, exactly. She's, I remember. She's gonna listen to this too because she listens to the podcast. She's gonna listen to this. She's gonna be so pissed. I know. No. Hi, Holly. 
mm-hmm. no, she, uh, no, that's the thing though, is I remember you, you were hanging out in chat and then you're like, all right, I'm going to my wedding and you're like, I'm getting married. And I'm like, all right, bye dude. Have fun. And Man. then like, and I was in Mexico, like, what's up? I'm on the beach. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that was right before a first guardian con. Yep. Yep. Seems like a hundred years ago. I know. Right. It, it is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy when you start thinking about dates and times. Cause you know, we yep. just go day by day in our lives and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, holy crap, that was two years ago. Holy crap. That was yep. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timestamps, man. I mean, how, long, how long have you and Tiffany been together? It's, uh, so it's been 21 years total, Wow. uh, 16 years marriage, 21 years together, 16 years marriage. And you're still in your thirties. Like that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We like, met, yeah. I think people, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that, like how long you and Tiffany have been together, but like, that's a, that's a really big feat. Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. We've been together. I mean, I was a junior in high school. She was a sophomore when we met. Yeah. And then, uh, you oh know. man, your hair back then. That's still my <laughs> contact picture for you. <laughs> yeah. I posted some photos in discord and, uh, actually I posted, I posted them on, on, uh, Twitter and Instagram too. And Twitter too. Yeah. I think yeah. I snagged it from Twitter. I was like, this is, oh, this is happening. No, it's gold. Yeah. I don't mind. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, we've been together a long time and, uh, you know, we definitely, I mean, I think, the, the, the biggest thing is, you know, relationships have roller coasters, right? Like for sure. ups and downs. And we made it mm-hmm. through the, the bad times. And, you know, I feel like also kids put a lot of stress on relationships and yep. we definitely had our, uh, I don't want to say lowest point, but like our, the, the darkest part of our relationship was, was after our second kid. Cause I think it just, the, the stress levels were so high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yep. uh, working opposite schedules. Cause she was working nights. She was still a server. I was working mm-hmm. days. So we weren't seeing each other. And that's ultimately what we found out. We, you know, we found out that we needed more time, just the two of us. And right. when we remedied that our relationship got on the mend and things got better. And you know, that's around the time when the vlog started, you know, a couple of years later, mm-hmm. you know, Bryce was about four when we started doing the daily vlogs. And so that's crazy. Um, you know, that's ultimately when the relationship, when, when our relationship was at its best and, and I would say yep. now, like it, at this point in time, it's the best it's ever been. You know, we're yeah, both absolutely. older, think, more mature. Yep. I think a lot like that's a big um, that is a big misconception is like I remember, you know, just when you're kids, like you think like, oh, nobody fights or if anybody fights, like, you know, there's a problem. It's like I, I tell my wife time and time again, like anytime we have a we have a fight over something, I'm like, I'm glad we fight. I'm like, we fight because we both are passionate about whatever we're talking about. And even if it's something stupid, like we both <clears throat> are, you know, we're both passionate people. We care about whatever we're talking about. It can be dumb. We, you know, we can often like fight for no reason, like endlessly, but it's, we ultimately like resolve something every time we do it. And it, it just makes our relationship stronger. And I'm like, I've dated like, you know, and you know, growing up and you had, you know, how you had girlfriends and, you know, like I dated the girls that you never fought and you miss something in that relationship when your relationship doesn't have a passion that causes you to fight like when you don't when you aren't connected with that person and with that person enough that you get caused conflict then you there's something that's not there yeah absolutely I, I can agree with that and uh i think it it also you know for tiffany and i because we we don't fight very often i think yeah. it's because of our time our tenor together um yeah we just know what the other person's gonna already say or want or Mm-hmm. You know, there's that preemptive like, oh, no, you know, uh, Tiffany's not going to like that or Tiffany's not into that. Right. Or, you know, so you kind of know and it, you almost avoid yeah. the fight because it's like, oh, well, that's no big deal. You know? Yeah. I do my laundry now because I know that it would cause a fight if I didn't like. But I'm sure, you know, two and a half, three years ago, it was probably a very different conversation. Like, I'm sure it was. I'm sure we had a lot of fights about laundry. Like, 
I, I think back to when we first got together and we we lived in, in in a one bedroom like really small apartment and i was it was the same time that i was starting to content create like because i was starting content creation before we got married and before we moved and like we were in a one bedroom apartment i had my office set up in the living room so like i would try to stream like she was watching tv and like i'll tell you what man you can do that you can do anything <laughs> <laughs> i can see that being rough yeah it was it was a it was a challenge but like even then like that was the point when like you know i got into it and she was like cool let's do it get, get what you need and it was um it was kind of that like even like i always feel supported even when we don't agree on things and i think that's the thing that like you know and i was always like a i don't know i want to say like a hot like a hothead when i was younger but i was i was a hothead when i was younger and i you know and i i've never once not felt like trust or support with my wife and so i feel really lucky in that oh for sure dude that's that's the best feeling in the world 100% yep well, right on, man. Where where can everybody follow your shenanigans? Dude, do it. Shenanigans are all the time. Uh, it's Real McCarty everywhere. Insta, Twitter, Mixer.com slash Real McCarty. Uh, I'll still be on Twitch, too, for all the homies. Um, so it's Real McCarty everywhere. Real McCarty. There it is. Well, you just locked in. You can't change it now. Oh, man. I'm sure it'll change in 60 days. <laughs> I have a really bad habit of that. Yeah. No, nah, Real McCarty so solid. I like that one. It is. I'm it's sticking around. Solid hammer. Well, thanks for chatting with no. me today, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, bud. Anytime, anytime. We'll definitely, uh, it'll be a recurring conversation. Uh, 100%. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, new episodes weekly, so you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, free. Uh, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, what am I talking about? YouTube, youtube.com slash Clintus, twitch.tv slash Clintus, twitter.com slash Clintus. Uh, this is Riffing with Clintus. Free, anywhere you listen to podcasts, such as Google, that's what I meant to say. Uh, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, or you can download the Anchor FM app, Anchor.fm, uh, Riffing with Clintus. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.